Make sure you're subscribed to Issues Etc. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. In a few moments, I'm going to set up the first procedural vote on legislation that will codify marriage equality into law. Members should expect the first vote on Wednesday. The Respect for Marriage Act, which my colleagues, Senators Baldwin, Sinema, Collins, and others have done a great job working on, is an extremely important and much-needed bill. No American should ever, ever be discriminated against because of who they love. And passing this bill would secure much-needed safeguards into federal law. I want to make clear passing this bill is not a theoretical exercise, but it's as real as it gets. When the Supreme Court overturned Roe, Justice Thomas argued that other rights, like the right to marriage equality enshrined in Obergefell, could come next. Now, the Senate had a chance to bring marriage protection to the floor for a vote back in September. But at the urging of colleagues from both sides of the aisle, I agreed to wait because we were given an assurance that enough votes would materialize after the election. Because my top priority is to get things done in a bipartisan way whenever we can, we determined that this legislation was too important to risk failure. So we waited to give bipartisanship a chance. I hope, for the sake of tens of millions of Americans, that at least 10 Republicans will vote with us to protect marriage equality into law soon. The rights and dignity of millions of Americans depend on it. That's Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer filing cloture Monday on the Respect for Marriage Act in the U.S. Senate. A vote expected tomorrow. Does this bill actually demonstrate respect for marriage or is something else going on here? And will he be able to get the 10 Republican votes that he needs to overcome a filibuster and get it to the president's desk? Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in live on this Tuesday afternoon, the 15th of November. We're going to be talking about the U.S. Senate vote on the Respect for Marriage Act with Brian Brown of the National Organization for Marriage. A little listener email on the Issues Etc. comment line. Then we'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson on the baptism and temptation of Jesus in Luke chapters 3 and 4 with Pastor Tom Baker of Law and Gospel. And we'll round everything off today talking with Wesley Smith of the Discovery Institute Center on Human Exceptionalism about a new study on assisted suicide and an increase in suicides in general. Brian Brown is president of the National Organization for Marriage. Brian, welcome back to Issues Etc. Hi, thanks for having me on. Why are some pushing for the codification of Obergefell? Well, I think a lot of this is politics. Right now, the Democrats believe that this is an advantage for them to push making same-sex marriage the law of the land through Congress. So they're pushing hard to make this happen. And to be frank, some Republicans have gotten weak on the issue, and therefore they think they have a shot to do this. They're using Justice Thomas's comments uh, in the Dobbs case as the inflection point to move this forward. But the Respect for Marriage Act is, is not the Respect for Marriage Act. It's the Disrespect for Marriage Act. Act, and it would be a disaster for them to move forward on this. And the reason they're rushing it is because they want to try and get it through as quickly as possible immediately after the election, ideally to not give people enough time to, especially on the Republican side, 
to make their voices heard. So we're, we're doing everything we can today and tomorrow. We've been doing it for a couple of weeks and getting people to contact, especially the Republican members of the Senate. Let's do a little history. What did the Obergefell ruling do? Well, it essentially overturned the Defense of Marriage Act and forced same-sex marriage on the entire country, essentially what it did. And it was the equivalent of Roe versus Wade on the marriage issue. It, it robbed the states and voters, over 60 million voters, by the way, who had voted to enshrine the traditional understanding of marriage in their state constitutions. It robbed them of their ability to have their voice heard through their votes in essentially a trash can and said, we don't care the way you voted. We're going to force this on you. So it was a horrible decision. And the Disrespect for Marriage Act that we should see a vote in tomorrow is essentially trying to enshrine that decision through Congress in our federal law. And it has zero real protections for religious liberty. You're going to see nonprofits sued. You're going to see individuals sued. You're going to see organizations sued. And any attempts to whitewash this, which some Republicans are doing, saying they added language that protects religious liberty is just a point-blank lie. And groups that have looked at this very closely, like Alliance Defending Freedom, our group, the National Organization for Marriage, the Religious Freedom Institute, all of them agree that there are not real protections for conscience or religious liberty in this bill. Give us a history of previous attempts to codify the Supreme Court same-sex marriage protections. Well, this Disrespect for Marriage Act, what they're calling the Respect for Marriage Act, has pretty long history, given the short time that we've had the Obergefell decision. But the issue was, in last year and in years before, it was not seen as likely uh, to pass. Once you had the Dobbs decision, there were many Democrats who, who were woken up to the fact that no Supreme Court decision is necessarily for forever. And there was a concern on the part of Democrats that Obergefell might be overturned. Now, we've been saying Obergefell should be overturned for years, and we've been working towards it and making clear that it is a reality that it could be overturned, that it it was a very poorly decided, it was a horrible decision and should be overturned, like Roe. When people woke up to the reality that Roe could be overturned, the Democrats tried to quickly garner as much power and votes as they could to get this through. And, and unfortunately, we're able to get, uh, I believe, 46 members of, of the House, Republicans, to join them. But in September, they said, well, we shouldn't push this in the Senate. And I'll tell you point blank why, and even Schumer alluded to this, because they didn't want Republicans to have to face their voters after voting in the Senate to support same-sex marriage, which, by the way, is absolutely opposed in the Republican Party platform. The Republican Party supports traditional marriage. So they decided to postpone it until after the election. And sure enough, immediately after the election, we see this push and we expect to vote tomorrow. So it was purely political. It was purely to get Republicans to avoid having to immediately face their constituents. But I'll tell you, I do expect that even though the election is far off for some senators, People will not forget, and especially senators like Tom Tillis and Lisa Murkowski and Senator Collins, who have, have led the Republican support 
in the Senate for this bill, they should be held accountable. I'm very disappointed in Tom Tillis. North Carolina voted in an overwhelming way, 62%, to support traditional marriage back in 2012. This is not that long ago. And Tom Tillis is just completely abandoning the people of North Carolina with his support of this bill. And again, he's directly attacking individuals, religious or otherwise, and organizations, religious or otherwise, who support the traditional definition of marriage. This will be open season legally. You're going to see a lot of litigation if this is passed. My hope is still that we can stop this, but people need to contact their Republican senators. What is the Equality Act, and how is it related to these recent attempts to codify Obergefell? Well, the Equality Act is different. The Equality Act changes our anti-discrimination law to, on a federal level, put sexual orientation and gender under what's, quote-unquote, anti-discrimination law. What it really does is it affects everything that relates to male and female, male and female restrooms. You're going to be sued for discrimination. Your religious organization that offers public accommodation, if you do not cave to the transgender agenda, you don't have females going into male restrooms and vice versa. It basically is a frontal assault, again, on religious liberty, but this time under the guise of anti-discrimination law. That was clearly so radical, the Equality Act, that a number of Republicans said, no, 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 we're not going to go that far. So that is not as likely to pass, not as likely to move forward as the Respect for Marriage Act or Disrespect for Marriage Act, as we call it. But it focuses on the same end. It undermines the traditional understanding of marriage. It openly attacks the religious liberty of those of us who believe in marriage and refuse to accept the transgender agenda. We believe men should not be in women's bathrooms and vice versa, but it does so from a different angle. The media are reporting, and you've mentioned this several times, that the current bill would protect religious liberty and conscience protections. Is that true? Absolutely untrue. Absolutely untrue. Again, these changes were all made last minute, and they decided to try and force this through the day after the changes are made. Absolutely ridiculous. No transparency, no attempt to make clear to people what the changes were, just an attempt to say, hey, we're protecting religious liberty. It does nothing of the sort. In fact, some of the changes are so open-ended that I could see basically what they try and do in the bill is to say that existing law, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and the First Amendment, apply. Well, so what? The First Amendment and the Religious Freedom Restoration Act are the law of the land. They would apply no matter what. It doesn't change what you're doing in the bill, which is undermining those of us who believe that marriage is the union of a man and a woman in our organizations. And this is why you have such a strong statement today from Cardinal Dolan opposing this. You have evangelicals, Catholics, members of the LDS Church, people who are not religious at all, all understanding that this bill does not, absolutely does not offer protection for religious freedom. And in fact, it makes it pretty certain you're going to see a lot of litigation. And if you think that you've seen a lot of litigation with trying to force people to bake cakes, trying to force videographers to use their talents to take part in same-sex, quote-unquote, same-sex weddings, you've seen nothing yet 
if this passes. So I think that there's general agreement for people who've seriously looked at this, that there are not religious liberty protections. But, you know, again, I, I will say that even if there were, this is wrong. It is absolutely wrong for Congress and especially for Republicans who ran on support of their party platform to undermine the traditional definition of marriage by putting it into the law through Congress. It is absolutely wrong. So it doesn't protect religious liberty, but even on its own grounds, what it does is force a state after state through the legislature to accept this poorly reasoned poorly thought out and very detrimental decision in Obergefell. It's bad all around, and it will have serious harms on folks. The other reality here is because it's so open-ended in saying that states have to accept the definition of marriage from other states, who knows if polygamy or child brides, who knows what could be opened up by this. And again, before you say, well, that'll never happen, well, 30 years ago, I think most folks would say, well, that will never happen, suing churches for not allowing men into women's restrooms. So before you say something will never happen, you really have to look at what the implications are and what's protected and what is not protected in a piece of legislation. And there are no real protections here. Ryan Brown is our guest. He's president of the National Organization for Marriage. We're talking about a U.S. Senate vote on the Respect for Marriage Act. On the other side, it's being reported that this bill would close the door to the legalization of polygamy and polyamory. We'll find out if that is true or not. This is Molly Hemingway, encouraging you to listen to my favorite podcast, Issues Etc. Every day you get in-depth interviews with host Todd Wilkin asking expert guests, substantive, thought-provoking questions on all of the important news and issues of our day. The expert guests are in culture, law, ethics, philosophy, theology, and apologetics. Expert guests, expansive topics, always extolling Christ, issues, etc. Join Lutherans for Life in Washington, D.C., Thursday, January 19th through Saturday, January 21st, 2023. Go to lutheransforlife.org to learn more about LFL's Conference for Adults, LFL at the March, and the Y for Life Youth Conference in Washington, D.C. The registration deadline is December 15th. Lutherans for Life, equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. Lutheransforlife.org. Listen to what you want, when you want. You're listening to Issues Etc. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Dr. Russell Dawn, president of Concordia University, Chicago. Indeed, the quest for truth is at the core of a university's purpose. The liberal arts, illuminated by the revealed truths of Scripture, are powerful for equipping students for a life of self-governance. A disciple is one who follows the Master. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? He said that it means to take up one's cross. The cross is thus the symbol of dying for others, of dying to self for the sake of serving others. And a life of service is a life well-lived. Truth, freedom, vocation. Concordia University, Chicago. 
cuchicago.edu. We're talking about the U.S. Senate vote on the Respect for Marriage Act with Brian Brown of the National Organization for Marriage. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Brian, it's also being reported that this bill would close the door on the legalization of polygamy and polyamory. Is that true? Well, the reality is the very fact that some Republicans, the day after the election, had to say, look, this may open up our law to polygamy, so let's put something in there really quickly that makes it so that the people will understand this is not for polygamy. Yeah, there's a last-minute change. Who has vetted the change? What voters were given the language? This is all a smokescreen. And it is not clear, and I do not believe, that any of these changes actually will do what people are saying they're going to do. Why do they want to do this last minute and not give people the time to even vet the bill? They're just trying to force it out as quickly as possible and basically put a smoke screen on religious liberty and all of our other claims so that they can get it through quickly. This bill was not well thought out. This bill's the changes are not going to protect religious liberty, and I highly doubt that the changes, if forced, would protect marriage as the union of two people. Again, the bill is bad. It's not well thought out, and these are all last-minute changes that are essentially meant to help Republicans who are squishy and don't want to live up and defend the platform. It's a way to get them to vote yes on the bill. That's all it is. How has this bill gained bipartisan support? Schumer sounds fairly confident that a vote tomorrow might get the 10 Republican votes he wants. Well, we have seen this time and time again. I'm not saying that the bill will not get the 10 votes, but I am very skeptical that he has them 100% right now. I think the attempt is is to claim that you have the votes, and then people that are on the fence want to break on the side of the winning vote. We saw this in New York, where same-sex marriage was stopped repeatedly, and only at the very end did it end up passing after folks were told it was going to pass by a large margin. So part of this is just playing politics. I think it's urgent that folks call their senators. Then, just so we're clear on the next steps, even if they are able to get 10 Republicans, the bill has to go back to the House again. And they'll try and rush it through the House because they want to do this in the lame duck session before the new House comes in, which will almost certainly have a Republican majority. So they're going to try and rush it over there. We'll see. There may be some Democrats who, if it were to get out of the Senate, may not like some of the changes that were made to get Republicans to support. So we'll see. The best chance of stopping it, though, is tomorrow in the Senate. And again, for people who believe in in marriage as the union of a man and a woman, today's the day to call your senators. I am worried that some senators, some Republican senators, may just do this and vote yes on this to try and be seen as moderate. Again, this is not exactly a profile in courage. This is just political games. It'll be very sad if a number of Republicans do that, but we will work to hold them accountable in the next elections if they move forward and do that. But let me just say, this is not a fait accompli. It is not a done deal. Even Schumer, if you 
read a little bit into his wording, understands that this is going to be a very close vote. Brian, what do you say to a listener who says, I have a relative or a friend who seems to love their same-sex partner. Why shouldn't they be allowed to be married? Well, again, we can be loving, kind, respectful with those that we disagree. But many of us understand marriage as intrinsically the union of a man and a woman, that mothers and fathers are different, male and female is different, kids need both a mother and a father, and that any other relationship is not the same as marriage. So what we've seen is that laws that have forced same-sex marriage on states uh, have had profound implications and undermined our ability to live as we want to live and to speak. Anyone who thinks that supporting same-sex marriage was just a live-and-let-live proposition, I think it's pretty obvious that that's not the case. From people being sued, churches being sued, individuals being sued, bakers, videographers, florists, this was about punishing, repressing, and marginalizing and treating us as if we were hateful. We're not hateful. All of humanity up until a little speck of time a few years ago understood that marriage was based on the complementarity of male and female. It's not just make it up as you go along or you have chaos. Unfortunately, our law right now has embraced the make it up as you go along notion. And again, things haven't stopped with the redefinition of marriage. We're now redefining what it is to be a boy or girl, a man or woman. And there are many folks pushing for polyamory, three, four, five. Why not if it's not based upon the fundamental distinction of male and female? So there's a lot at stake. Religious liberty is at stake. Most importantly, the truth is at stake. Uh, you put a lie into the law, there are going to be very bad implications. And we're already seeing that with the outcome of Obergefell. Brian Brown is president of the National Organization for Marriage. You'll find a link to the National Organization for Marriage at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Brian, thanks. Thank you. When we come back, listener email and the Issues Etc. comment line. Stay tuned. The church's music from the second century. Shepherd of tender youth, guiding in love the sixth century. The twelfth century. The 16th century. The 21st century. The best of the church's music from the past 2,000 years. LutheranPublicRadio.org Where Christianity meets culture, you're listening to Issues Etc. You wish your classical school could do more for struggling learners? Uncertain where to begin? The Memoria Press Schools Division includes Cheryl Swope, 
author of Simply Classical, a beautiful education for any child. The school's division will happily assist your school. Memoria Press offers an entire line of special needs resources for teaching math, reading, spelling, and more. Contact schools at memoriapress.com or order directly from simplyclassical.com with coupon code LPR23. This fall in creation is bested by tornado, hurricane, flood, pandemic, and more. LCMS Disaster Response helps our congregations, their pastors, and other church workers to reach out to their members and neighbors with mercy, which flows from Christ's altar. We offer quality volunteer training, help for congregational readiness and response, and disaster grant funding. To learn more, visit lcms.org disaster. That's lcms.org disaster.